Hello, and welcome to the FM Podcast. I'm Jen Fritz, and I run Fritz Media, a music publicity and digital marketing firm located in Vancouver, Canada. And this is episode number seven of the podcast. So it's officially been a full year since we've been living with the COVID pandemic, and it obviously has had a very detrimental effect on the music industry. It's affected everyone in the business, from record labels to booking agents to managers to promoters to publicity companies like mine. And of course, the people at the heart of our business, the musicians themselves. All of us have had to to pivot to try to figure out different ways to bring income in. And many musicians are trying things to, to see what works, like ticketed live stream shows, and some artists are dipping their toes into recurring revenue streams and trying subscription models like Patreon. And one of those bands is Vancouver band Said the Whale. And our guest on the show this week is Tyler Bancroft. Now, Tyler is the vocalist and guitarist for Said the Whale, and he also runs Be Good Artist Management, which manages acts like Titus Bank and Big Kill, along with his own band, Said the Whale. Tyler and I are going to discuss their recent launch of a Said the Whale Patreon page for their fans and what they're doing to, to find sustainable income for the band during this super crazy pandemic time. Now, I've known Tyler a long time, and I've worked with him a number of times over the years in uh, various capacities. So it was really great to catch up with them. And I hope you'll enjoy our talk. Here's my conversation with Tyler Bancroft. So hello, Tyler. How you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? You know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing as fine as I can be, you know? That's that's very good. (laughs) That's all we can do. It's such a stupid question to even ask anymore. I know. Yep. Everyone, like baseline is just like, eh. So I think if you're doing okay, you're, you're above eh, then that's, you've won. No, that's basically it. Like I'm doing okay. Yeah. Everything's fine. In the yeah. whole grand scheme of things, everything's fine. So totally. you and I, we've known each other for a really long time. And so, you know, I, I'm totally going to tell our origin story. Please here. do. I'd love to know <laughs> your version of it. Well, I'm going to tell it because it's so good. So I met you back in uh, 2003 when I was working as the marketing director for the New Music West Music Festival. You remember that? Okay. Of course. <laughs> and this is my, so this is my memory. I was thinking about this a lot before, before as I I was uh, prepping for this interview. So my memory is, is that I'm working at the festival. I'm in the office and in comes this young kid, this 15 year old kid with his button press. <laughs> and he wanted Damn to, right. and he wanted to make buttons for the festival. Is that what happened? Or, or did you email us first or, or what happened? Oh, I'm sure we emailed, but, um, but only to find out what your address was so that we could come and drop off samples. Oh, that's right. You made samples. Yeah, we're, so- we're hustling. So you had a button press. I did. Yeah. That was like having a button press was like the golden ticket for like DIY punk kids in those days. It was like right. like we would get our buttons made by Ake Press, which was like Andy Dixon's thing. And and then we're like, no, nah, like, we can do this ourselves. Like we can make buttons for all the bands we know. And like we you know got to know a few bands in our high school days. We kind of did like the all ages punk thing. And like that was the merch item was just like a one inch button because all, like, all our friends just had like a dollar, maybe. You could go get a soda from, from Safeway for 35 cents. So things were very cheap. And then with your other $1 that you had left over, you would buy a button at a punk show. And so this was... This was the ideal merch creator. No, it was so awesome. And I, I loved how, how much of a hustler you were at, at such a young age. And so we hired you to make, make our buttons because I was like, we got to give this kid some money. <laughs> yeah. 
It was our our biggest contract in our whole button press career. I think we had to make like 2,500 buttons. Oh my God. And yeah, and me and my friend John uh, sat in his basement, like listening to Monine uh, on repeat, making these buttons. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Old school. I love that. And then after after that, we worked together again at, at Frontside Promotions Group um, when I was, I worked there for a while. And I think, did you start as an intern? I was the intern, yeah. 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 And <laughs> you're just like, yes, I was the intern, Fritz. That's correct. <laughs> I was. I was. And it, it was just like through no program. I So I had met like, oh, I had met Jay Clark, who was Gob's manager um, at a New Music West like several years before uh, in the context of me like showing him my band. Um, and then I remember I was at UVic and I was like, not satisfied with studying whatever like general studies I was taking. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to like, I'm going to really get in the music industry. And the way I'm going to do this is like, I'm going to do my career. Like I'm going to do my own music, but then I want to learn the business side of it. Cause I've always done the business side of it. You know, like in high school, I had a punk band and like made our own records and like started like a quote unquote record label to release our record. So it's like, it's important to, to know the business side of things. So I should get an internship somewhere. So I emailed Jay Clark, who's like the only person I know. And he's like, oh, you should get in touch with Jeff and Gary. So I got in touch with with uh, Jeff Goddard and Gary McDonald who started Frontside. And I basically like begged them to be an intern and uh, and normally they would do internships through like Cap College programs or whatever other like music school programs there were at the time. But um, yeah, I came on as uh, as coffee boy, no avocados for Gary. Um, Gary's thing was like, make, make my coffee the color of a paper bag. I was like, okay. <laughs> That sounds about right. Yeah that, yeah, that brings me brings me right back. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then they hired me for a minute. I was, yeah. I was the I was the head of the head of online marketing, which was such a different thing. Oh, because you remember you were like getting the YouTube views for Jeremy Fisher. Is that a correct memory that yeah, I have? Yeah, I, so I <laughs> I got Jeremy on the front page of YouTube in a time when the front page of YouTube was all editorial. It was no algorithm. Oh, sorry. So I got in touch with this woman called Sadia Harper. That was my, my like, I don't know how I unearthed the contact, but I unearthed the contact and sent her Jeremy's video for the song Cigarette, which was like really cool, like claymation kind of thing that he'd made in his apartment, um, which was incidentally across the street from Frontside. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was. <laughs> because Frontside was in a house, so it's yep. like not that weird. And, uh, and she put it on the front page of YouTube. It racked up like a million views. Um, um, Jeremy's manager Parkside was was freaking out and they ended up you know on the phone with every record label and ended up signing a deal with Wind Up Records which was a, like a somehow subsidiary of Roadrunner Records I think in New York or somehow connected to Roadrunner I don't yeah, know like that like it was distro through Sony right okay. Am I? I I, I, I can't really remember. Know. Who know? Who remembers the stuff anymore? Because everything's so different. Like it's hard to. Or maybe it was yeah. BMI. I might be remembering it wrong. Either either way, either it was way, a it, completely different thing that you were doing. <laughs> it was a time though when you could like get on the front page of YouTube and that could get you signed, which is insane. Because right now, like the front page, if I go to YouTube.com and you go to YouTube.com, it's the it's a different website. Oh. Totally, because right? it's, it's going to feed me different content yeah. than it feeds you based yeah. on how we uh, act online, right? Totally. Which is crazy. But back then it was all curated, which was amazing. And like, yeah. you know, you could you could break an artist by getting them on the front page. Yeah, I forgot that actually that, that you worked for us as well. It's all this. These are unearthing some some yeah. memories for me right now. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And then and then I actually did publicity for your first album for Said the Whale's first record. That's right. My, I sort of like 
kind of exited the company by saying like, hey guys, I'm gonna go on tour for two and a half months. And I remember Gary just being like, you're on tour for two and a half months, are you an idiot? What are you doing? How do you go on tour for two and a half months? We're like, I don't know, we got a van and like a tent. We have a tent, so we're gonna like do that a lot. And so said the whale toured Canada and you were doing publicity and Rich was doing uh, college radio. And um, yeah, so I kind of like on, on my way out, I hired everybody at the company to work my band before, That's right. before I resigned. It was awesome. I yeah. love that record. I still love that record. Oh, thank you. Day. Yeah. Yeah, I got that. love for it. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know. Maybe it just reminds me of that time too. Like it's very that's familiar. the thing with music. Music lives yeah. in a in a time and place. No, it's true. Yeah, that's why. As me and Devlin, Mike Devlin, were talking about on uh, last week's episode. That's why it's like. I, I often wonder if we're just nostalgic for the stuff we listen to when we're growing up. And like, that's why we go back to it. It's Absolutely. Me and my friend, um, when the pandemic started, we, f- we found ourselves, uh, my friend Matt and I, we found ourselves like, for some reason, going back to like a lot of 90s records that just were providing us with comfort in this traumatic time as a world. And yeah. but then we started doing a thing where we would like actually judge the records. We're like, OK, like um, Foo Fighters, Color in the Shape. Does this is this record actually awesome or do we just love it because it reminds us of a time? That one's actually awesome. But there are a couple examples of, of records that are like just steaming turds that, <laughs> that, that are not awesome that I, that I love though that I will go back and listen to any day no I've been doing the same thing it's so funny I've been having like a 90s listening party uh, over at my place it, it's really nuts I think everybody's just feeling like so they want comfort music or totally you know or comfort movies um, absolutely yeah Whatever, whatever makes them comfortable. All right. So the, so the theme of the show this week is uh, about Patreon and uh, other recurring income streams for musicians. And, uh, you know, given the year that we've had with COVID, so many musicians have had to, you know, pivot uh, the, the word, the word of the year. So many musicians have had had to do that. And, and your band said the whale um, recently started a Patreon. So can you tell us like just a little bit about that? Yeah, um, we had seen a couple other bands in the Canadian scene start our Patreons. Stars started one quite early into COVID and got a pretty incredible following in there. I think I want to say they have like 13 or 1400 patrons. And and then who else? Did, uh, the Dirty Nil did one recently to go with their new record. And um, it just sort of like, it seemed like a thing we should try. And, you know, we have, we have a lot of kind of archived content, music and photos and and things like that. And we thought that that could be a creative way of rolling it out rather than just do like a B-sides album, which was something that we had thought about doing, but we're afraid that it would just sort of, you know, album cycles right now are like four seconds long. It's like you put up the album and like there it's out. Okay, bye. Like see you on the next one. Like we can't tour it. So we're afraid if we just put out a release, it would sort of get lost in the shuffle. And then on top of that, we had sort of felt this like, galvanizing of our fan base over the past year and that was a result of the zoom shows and some some listeners starting uh, a facebook group called said heads and just started to like really not that we hadn't felt like the love from our listener base before but it really just like it had a place to live now and and so I, I was I'm making some posts on the said head page like, hey, you know, if we did a Patreon, would you would you feel like subscribing? Is that something that, that you would want to put your hard earned money towards? Um, and the um, yeah, the reaction was overwhelmingly positive. And so we did it. And, and it's been amazing. It's been amazing for two reasons. One, 
is the obvious one, which is like a bit of financial security. We have like an amount of money that we can rely on every month to keep us afloat. And it and it's very meaningful to us because, you know, we aren't out there earning. We don't have any shows. You know, our Zoom shows are quite spaced out, even though they have been fairly successful. It's not enough to like, you know, we're we're three people that we have to split everything three ways. And then and then the other reason is is really just to like connect on a deeper level with our fan base, which has been so rewarding. And and that would be the reason that I would tell any other band to start a Patreon. No, definitely. And I think that the thing that I like about about what you're doing is how transparent you've been about it. Like just from what I've seen on your socials, you've been completely upfront about like, this is why we're doing it. This is the reality of being a band right now. Like this is what's happening. And so I think that probably you being so transparent and open about it, you're going to get the same back from your fans, right? Totally. Well, thank you for saying that. It's, um, yeah, it's a very fine line to walk because you don't want to spin any sort of like sob story that's not endearing. Also, you know, like I was raised not to talk about money. It's not. Oh, we really... all were, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but pe- people, I don't know, it, it, it can be off-putting, I think, to start like, you know, that's why I, I tend to, to shy away from a lot of conversations about like Spotify streams and like all that kind of stuff, just because I'm more of a just like put your head down and just work and you know whatever comes of it comes of it and obviously there are many injustices in in that streaming world and stuff but i I try and and steer clear of the financial discussions but um yeah so i think when talking about that kind of stuff it's important to communicate to people that like you know you're not like a charity and and it's not like oh like please can we have your money but also it's like listen like we're a small business we're operating on a very small scale like no matter like maybe in your bubble you see our our band like get played on the radio and like playing you know big shows in in Canada and stuff like that. But in the scope of what it takes to run a small business, we are like a very, you know, fly by the seat of our pants kind of month to month situation. And that's fine. We're very happy. We feel satisfied with it, but it requires us to come up with creative ways to solve that problem of where, where's the next paycheck coming from? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, that's like most musicians are in the same boat as, as you right now. I mean, cause you just major source of your revenue is gone. (laughs) So it, it totally sucks. So you mentioned that, um, you have a lot of like banked content to, to offer to your fans through Patreon. Like what sorts of things are, are you doing with your Patreon? What sort of things are you offering? Well, I can kind of walk you through the tiers if you want to be specific. You want to be like specific about that? Yeah, give me the that? tiers, man. Totally. I, w- okay. I want to sign up for your Patreon. What can oh, I do? What, okay, what, what is it? Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the $5 a month gets you new music every month. And we started off by populating like five tracks in our in our Patreon. Um, and then we also have a linked SoundCloud playlist. Just because, to be honest, I find the Patreon music platform isn't super user-friendly, especially it, it kind of gets mixed in with other posts that you've made. It, it would be like searching like a Facebook feed to find like what you're looking for. So we've we've pinned we've pinned <laughs> to the useful. top. Not useful. Yeah. Um, so we've pinned to the top like a SoundCloud playlist that for five bucks a month you get access to that and and every month we're we're putting up at least one song, but so far it's been two every month. And um yeah these songs are like demos, B sides, songs that just you know didn't make the record. Some of them are um and you know it's only been three months now. So it's um we're just scratching the surface of what we have. Some of them have been yeah totally unproduced demos. Some of them have been totally totally produced and mixed like full band tracks that just didn't make it on a record for whatever reason. So that's what you get for five bucks uh, as well as uh, access to our discord channel, which has been amazing. 
It's one of yeah. the coolest platforms. Just such a, a cool way to for us to connect with fans and, and for them to connect with each other. I feel like we just sort of like sit back and watch these people like have relationships with each other. And then in the future, there will it will be sort of like you'll get the first listen of like our new singles and you'll get like um, first access to concert tickets and things like that when when those are a thing again. Level up to 10 bucks. You're getting a monthly Zoom hang every month. And that's been really fun. We just put on the Zoom camera. We play a couple songs and honestly just like chat to people and like other oh, everyone that's kind of awesome like, i love that yeah people kind of like they turn on the camera and they they pitch in and we we had a theme last week it was um it was lovely so that's been a, another really nice way to connect and then like things get a little wild and i was hesitant to be charging this much but at the 25 dollar level this is 25 bucks a month like i don't pay 25 bucks a month for anything it's crazy um, <laughs> that's not true my cell phone obviously so that one you uh you get this beautiful hand screened poster that was designed by this guy in halifax and he's hand printing them out of his studio he's mailing them out and then in addition to that what is it a, a pretty hefty merch discount at our online merch shop and I want to say there's one more thing I'm forgetting. So the, the poster is the real selling point of the $25. Um, and then the idea is that every year when your subscription renews, you'll get a new similarly beautiful poster. Yeah. So that's really cool. Like a unique merch item. And then at the $50 level and this <gasps> one just like blows. dollars time. Friggin' mine. I know. And seriously, I, I felt so weird setting this up, but we had you know fans of ours that were like i'll pay anything which is humbling but um at that level you're getting handwritten lyrics every month and so we've been uh sitting in our living rooms like writing out lyrics which i was like oh yeah it's not gonna take that long it takes a long ass time <laughs> to I write bet out lyrics. It does. <laughs> um, and we're like personalizing them and it's actually been really fun like i, I you know ben is very good at like doodling and stuff and so he kind of like makes them special like that i've been like rewriting my lyrics like in essay form and like um Cool. It's been it's been like a that is a really fun and like kind of emotional way to connect with people, even though they don't quite know it. But I'm like sitting in my living room at night, just like writing out my lyrics for this person who is paying money for my art. And it's quite emotional. It it feels it's really, so really crazy. Good. Hey, yeah. Oh. yeah, it's crazy. But the, the lyrics are the connector. I mean, the music's the connector. Right. So that's the that's the thing. That's totally. connecting you to your fan. I just feel, yeah, I mean, I feel honored that anybody would want to pay money to to experience our art in that way. And so it feels very special. Totally. And how can how can people find your Patreon? Patreon.com slash said the whale. There it is. Easy enough. Just yeah. just like that. <laughs> Super yeah. easy. All right. Um, and speaking of like other revenue streams, have you guys done a lot of live streams during this time? Yeah, so we started out feeling weird about it. Again, it's this whole thing has been a learning experience. You know, you, like uh, I am somebody who is like in my in my human personality, I'm resistant to change, but in my work personality, I do my very best to embrace change and like learn what the next thing is. So that was a bit of a, a battle to like break through that that first thing. And I think also because when COVID first hit, we're like, oh yeah, yeah like give it like a month we'll be fine like we don't need to do a live stream like we're just gonna like stay inside for a month and then it's all gonna be chill <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then, how naive know. we were okay. <laughs> yeah. a year later so it took us a few months to to jump on board that and it was actually dan that convinced us uh, to yeah. do to do a show and so we, we did a show with, yeah yeah dan megan um for your for your listeners so we did a show through side door it was amazing it like brought me back to life i felt like like i was in the depths of despair our entire summer 
our festival schedule that was, you know, worth a lot of money and sort of, you know, that's what we spent our whole album cycle building towards is like these pretty much break even tours and then like you get paid in the summer. That's where bands make a lot of their money is, is festival dates. And we had a great summer lined up. Wiped out March 13th. Black Friday, and uh, then we yeah. did this online I show. I feel you, Tyler. It was horrible, yeah. man. Oh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. It was like such. Th- it was the worst feeling to just be like, "Oh, all of that money's gone, and there's nothing you can do about it." Like even on my end, it was just like, "Oh," and you, and also you just, I was, I wasn't expecting it. You know? Oh, totally. like nobody anticipated that. So. Yeah. And especially because I think that like, you know, the way this business works is so much of it is, is like what's next and like what you're building towards and you're always building towards something and, and, and to have it just, you know, the rug ripped out from under you, um, no matter what your industry is very disarming and it wasn't good. Nobody (laughs) nobody was ready for it. Um, No, it sure wasn't good. And also I'm somebody that is, uh, likes to have control. Like I'm a total control person. So when I'm in, when I'm in chaos and when things are outside of my control is not my good time. So I did not enjoy it at all. (laughs) And I mean, I I think a lot of people working in the entertainment industry have similar personality traits in that, you know, yeah, they are, they're control-based people. And like, you know, these things, as soon as you start to feel like you have control is when you start to like really thrive in your career and then nobody has it and everyone's just, (laughs) and then you're just like, nope. Sorry, Fritz. No No control for you. Oh, well, we've all learned a little something, haven't we? We have. We have. So anyways, we we turned turned on our Zoom cameras. We like did the, you know, we figured out how to get good audio into our computers and put on the show. And it just like brought us back to life in in a day. And then we decided we would start going through our our discography, which is, you know, enough to sort of spread things out. So we we did uh, a show for each album and made it like four albums deep and we got a couple left to do still. And we would, the way, so listen, we were making tickets, started out, we started out like eight bucks, we started raising it a little bit. And then the way that we um, maximized profits with that, with the streaming shows was by bundling with t-shirts and bundling with digital extras so we would do like a basic ticket gets you in the door for 10 bucks and then for 15 bucks you got like a whole bunch of like digital extras that had to do with that record like whether it was um, photos from on tour like little videos from on tour um, a couple b-sides from the record things like that and then for 45 bucks you got a limited edition t-shirt that was hand screened our our same guy in Halifax was taking care of that and uh, so that brought our ticket price sort of from like an average of 10 bucks to an average of like 17 or 18 bucks and and that was a, a really a, a good way to to raise. No, that's great. Out. I like I like the idea of add-ons, and it probably made you feel less guilty about charging for it because I'm sensing you have a little bit. Oh no, you know what? I don't have guilt. <laughs> I I think I have like yeah, I have gratitude, but I don't feel guilty about it. Okay, good, yeah. good, good. But but I but I am I'm grateful. I'm grateful that people want to pay for art, and I think we have you know our our band has a very generous fan base who are who understand like the value of art, and it's it's a hard thing to to find these days. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, you guys have a really good fan base, so you we you do. should definitely be grateful for that. And so, what is next for for said the whale? I know you've been working on a new album. Is is that right? Yeah, or is about, it done? Or what's uh, happening? It's not done. We're six songs deep. We have been recording with Steve Bays um, very, awesome. very intermittently, though. 
he's like a crazy detail oriented guy. So we, you know, the sessions, you know, we'd go in at like 1 PM and we'd be there till 5 AM. We'd sleep at his house. I felt like I was in a different time zone. And so every, like every recording session was kind of like, okay, we got to like take a month off now. <laughs> right. And, and things were like a little bit derailed by depending on how intense the COVID thing was like over the summer, it was very chill. And then closer to December, things got like a little weird again. But um, yeah, so we're, we're, we'll keep going back with him. And we actually have a single coming out on March 19th. Oh, so. exciting. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to hear it. That's I'm so great. Stoked. Yay. Patrons will hear it first, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you want to sign up, uh, <laughs> you know how, you know where to go. That's right. Um, all right. So uh, now it's time for our fresh content segment. And uh, every week on the show, we discuss our favorite piece of music content for the week. And we always like to start with the guests. So Tyler, what have you got for us? Okay, what I have is not specifically a piece of content, but it is a gateway into many pieces of content. There's a, it's an Instagram page, it's a Twitch channel, and they have a TikTok, and they're called Before the Data. And if you ever heard of the blog Hilly Dilly, it's mm-hmm. um, the same people from who started Hilly Dilly, and kind of like they take credit for discovering Billie Eilish. Um, among others. And they do posts like every day, sometimes more about artists that you have never heard of. And so if you are like an A&R person, this is an incredible place to go find new talent because they're often finding artists that are like, you listen to the song and it's just like, they're posting incredible music and you go to the Spotify and it has like a thousand streams. And they seriously just spend all day long, like sifting through music, trying to find like the hottest shit. That's awesome. That's a really good tip. It's awesome. And so every Thursday, live on Twitch, they do like a submit for live feedback. So so as an artist or as a manager, you can submit an act and, and a song and they'll give you feedback on it. So we we submitted a, a song by Titus, who I who I manage uh, last right. week. And it was awesome. They Their feedback was like, uh, what do they say? They're like, yeah, like this is not for me, but this is definitely the best thing we've heard all day. And this is going to make a lot of money. So we're just like, oh. sweet. It's awesome. <laughs> You're like, that's sweet feedback. I'll take yeah, that. It was, it was great feedback. <laughs> they like, they definitely lean towards like the cooler side of like, Mm, cool like r&b pop that that kind of genre right um, but um yeah check it out before the data actually the guy who runs it chad is from vancouver oh so, cool yeah you should get up on that and that it feels like an industry secret to know about before the data and i see like the people that also follow before the data on instagram are all like nathan and spotify and like you know like a bunch of people who are like all the cool kids all, all the cool <laughs> kids are, are following before the data but man there's some really cool stuff i found this awesome artist called med hannett from new zealand and yeah she's got like thirteen thousand streams on this insane song that's so good so, oh, incredible! Yeah, you cool. can unearth. I'm gonna check right. that out. This is a really, this is this is yeah. a good tip, good content. Well done, Tyler. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay, so um, my fresh content is a uh, a little bit lame this week because it's it's not really fresh, but whatever. I don't care. It's my show. I feel feel like I can do whatever I want. So <laughs> after last week's episode, like I talked to Mike Devlin last week, I, I've been basically reliving my glory days of the '90s. <laughs> you and I were actually talking about that a little bit about how. You know, we love the nostalgia of the 90s and how it just like it's so comforting to listen to the music of your youth. It's a totally great era. Sidebar. How do you feel about young bands who literally weren't born in the 90s co-opting that style and pretending that they know about the 90s? 
I don't mind it if it's coming from a good place. And so like I like the idea of young people discovering the music, which is kind of the place of where I'm coming from with my pick this week, which is one of my favorite albums of all time, Live Through This from Hole. Um, yeah, I see you talk about that one all the time. That's yeah, cool. I talk about it a lot, but I'm going to mention it as my fresh content pick this week, just because I find that I, if, if, if there's someone listening out there that's never heard it and maybe listens to it for the first time and it, it totally like blows their mind, that would make me happy. And if you have heard it before, then you know what? This is just a reminder of how awesome it is and you should go back and listen to it. And, you know, the reason I want to recommend it is because it was such a seminal album for me. It's an incredible album. It's brilliant and it's an incredibly feminist record, basically. And uh, I'll tell you, I am not sure that I personally, Jen Fritz, would be the same person I am today if it like if I didn't hear that record in my early 20s. Like that's the power of music, right? Like it just completely can shape you. So (sighs) getting a little like verklempt about it, but the (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) because it's because it's just one of those records for me. So anyway, if you've never heard it before or if you have and you haven't listened to it in a while, uh, live through this by whole. Sell it, for, sell it for somebody who is whose gut reaction is just like, and this isn't my reaction, but I'm, but I feel like most people's reaction, if they haven't listened to that record, would just say, "Oh, Courtney loves a train wreck." Uh, just listen to the record without thinking about that. Listen to it. Just listen to it. Listen to it front to back because musically and lyrically, it is brilliant. And maybe it's not for you. You know what? You can listen to it. And it's not for you, but it it it's a brilliant record regardless. And Courtney Love, for all her flaws, made that record. <laughs> so <laughs> she can't argue I, with that. I, I, and I can tell you, like, like Celebrity Skin, like all of the the other albums that she's put out, they're they're okay, they're great too. Like even the albums before Live Through This, but that one, um, I know a lot of people are like, whatever, Kurt Cobain wrote it for her, or whatever, Billy Corgan, whatever. Mm. BS. At the end of the day, that's her record. It's brilliant. Just give it, I just give it a fair listen. And if it's not for you, that's cool. That's totally fine. It's not for you. It doesn't have to be for everyone. But for the one person that's like, holy, holy shit. You know what? That's the person I want to reach. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. Whole rocks. I, and I yeah. know she's, I know Courtney's an easy target. So I'm not, I, I won't defend her. She's an easy target. <laughs> yeah. That is the tricky thing. Can you separate art from the artist? Is that what you have to do yeah. here with it, whole? It's a tough one. Yeah. She's a train wreck, but you know, I've seen many crappy shows by her and by whole, but she was here in 2013. It was her uh, performing at the Commodore and there was so much magic. Whatever happened that night is the greatest night of my life because she was on and she played all of the whole songs. And it, honestly, I was there with my friend Natalie, and we, we, who is a big whole fan like me. And we were just like, this is the greatest night of our lives because <laughs> she like played every song we wanted to hear. So That's when she's amazing. on, she's on. But I can tell you, I've seen so many train wrecks that, you know, when she's when she's not, it's not good for anyone. But, you know. There's a lot of musicians like that. A lot of bands like that. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, it's the way it's going to go. All right. So thank you so much for being on the show. I, I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy day. I know you have uh, two little ones and, <laughs> and and you're working and you're very busy. So Oh, this is uh, sweet, sweet escape right now. I'm so happy to talk to you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> 
please keep me longer. Um, is there anything that you want to plug? Uh, maybe your your Patreon again? Sure. Yeah. Well, um, you know, said the whales, the band Patreon. We got a new single coming out March nineteenth. We're going to start rolling out, rolling out the album. I'm also excited about the artists that I'm working with on the management side, which uh, which is Titus Bank, who's going to start rolling out music soon, um, and then Big Kill, who used to be We Are the City and now are um, operating. It's like a production duo, and the music is just incredible. I can't wait to yeah, start. Of course it is. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Good. Those guys are like mad geniuses. <laughs> They're and they have, comp- like, it's unrecognizable. The two bands, you will not be able to reconcile them in, in your ears, except for the fact that it's um, boundary pushing and brilliant. And yeah, I can't wait to share that. Stuff, oh, so. yay. Looking forward to that. That's awesome. Well, again, thanks so much for joining us and uh, have, a, have a good day. Thank you for having me. Well, that was such a good chat, right? Did you like it? It was so good to talk to Tyler, and I really hope you enjoyed our conversation. Thanks so much for listening to the FM Podcast. If you like the show, please tell your friends and give us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. We're a brand new show, as you know, and uh, we really, really could use your support. So just head on over there. Give us five stars. Tell people why you like it. I'd really appreciate it. And thank you to Tyler Bancroft and Said the Whale for providing the theme music for the show. If you want to learn more about Fritz Media, check out our website at fritzmedia.ca. And you can follow us on Facebook, we're at Fritz Media, and on Instagram and Twitter at Fritz underscore media. And if you want to learn more about the podcast go to the fmpodcast.com. Okay, so we're going to go out with our song of the week this week, which of course is from Said the Whale. The theme music for the FM podcast is from one of my favorite Said the Whale songs. It's actually one of the most played songs on my running playlist because it it really gets me moving. (laughs) You'll see what I mean in just a second. From their 2013 album, Hawaii, this is Mother. to it.
Bye. I'll see you next Tuesday.